Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. For nine years, the downtown Waco Farmer's Market has been providing local folk with fresh produce and meats and meals, not to mention lots of fun and friendship. But the coronavirus has changed things just a little bit. Bethel Erickson Bruce joins me now to talk about the downtown Waco Farmer's Market. It's good to have you here. Thank you for having me. Well, how long have you been involved with this? It's complicated. Uh, I started with the farmer's market back in 2011 and did a little bit of organizing work uh, prior to that. Uh, Ran the market for three years and then moved away to Montana for three and came back to run the market once again. Oh, we're glad you're back. Thank you. Although... Montana sounds pretty nice, especially this time yeah, of year. Definitely. The negative 40s, not so much in the middle of oh winter. Oh, gosh. No, no, no. Yeah. Life's a trade-off. Sure. Um, that's for sure. But the downtown Waco Farmer's Market, of course, it, it got a start, you know, nine years ago, and it was down along the river, and what a beautiful Right. All those Locale. those live oak so nice. trees. Oh, yeah. Really yeah I mean, it could it. be really in the heat of the summer, and it was very, very nice, you know. Um but because of construction and lots of stuff going on down there in that sector, you had to move. How long ago now have you been moved? Uh, just over three years. I think it was three years in March. It's been that long. And you're there right across from the McLean County Courthouse in the parking lot. And um, have you changed things because of the coronavirus? How, how has all this affected the farmer's market? Sure. Well, thankfully, we have been deemed an essential business. So because we are providing access to food in our community, uh, as well as supporting other small businesses, uh, we have been able to stay open and continue to operate. And thankfully, uh, Governor Abbott actually included farmer's markets specifically as a essential business last week, stating because we have the prohibition for gatherings that are over 100 or over 10 people. Yeah. So it just clarifies it a little bit easier having that real official proclamation from the state level. So we continue to operate with increased spacing between our vendor booths, okay. encouraging social distancing when standing in lines, encouraging people to eat off of site. Um, we've increased hand washing stations and, of course, mandatory mask wearing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all, you know, logical things that, that folks are doing. Right. But, of course, the beauty of a farmer's market, it is outdoors. Mm-hmm. So you still have sunshine yeah. and familiar faces. It is a little bit of a nice opportunity to see people that you know because we 
do kind of feel like a, a family at times. We're still a socially distanced family, but you still get to run into people that you're used to seeing every Saturday. So it's exactly. it's a good social boost. Because I know you have regulars. I know you yes. have folks that would not miss it. They even bring their umbrellas if it's going to rain. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's a pandemic or not, they're shopping down at the at the farmer's market. Of course, different times of the year, different things are available. So let's talk about what's, you know, what what what's happening this time of year with your vendors. Other than being ridiculously hot, it's the it's the quintessential farmer's market season. So we have everything from peppers and peaches and watermelons, uh, tomatoes, which you can't beat a homegrown tomato. Mm. Um blackberries, okra, green beans, eggplant, basil, all the herbs are coming in right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's in addition to all of the meat vendors. Uh, So we have everything from beef, chicken, pork, and now lamb and buffalo. We just recruited a new vendor. Yes, who has buffalo. And it's very lean. It's supposed to be good for heart patients and so forth. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. So it's nice to be able to finally offer that in our vendor lineup. And we have a couple of egg farmers. We have baked goods, um, honey, flowers, you name it. If it can be grown within 150 miles of Waco, we try to reach out and feature those people at the farmer's market. So that sort of answers my next question, how far away your vendors are. I mean, but predominantly they're they're local people, right, that are selling? Yep. And they do tend to exist in more rural communities. So mm-hmm. on average, I think our farmers come from about 50 to 70 miles uh, to to come into Waco. So we're the closest urban hub, really, for the majority of our producers. We even have a couple that come up from the Austin area just because their markets are so saturated and they've been able to make a good name for themselves. Um, one of my farmers, Monica, is a woman farmer. Uh, and she's from the Georgetown area, and mm-hmm. she does she does great up here. And people come. She's one of the longest lines uh, every Saturday, which that's also been fun during the pandemic times. Is we're operating more like a traditional farmers market. So the people with lines, our vendors with lines, are actually the agricultural producers. Mm-hmm. People are waiting to get their peaches or their peppers or their onions, rather than just coming for a crepe and a cup of coffee. Right. But you still have those. We do. A little bit of a social outing. I know folks are sort of stir crazy. Right. Yep. And so you can still order food um, to go. So Mm -hmm. it will be prepared and wrapped and packaged for you to eat off site. So how do you do that? Is it an online thing? No, you would still wait in line uh, at the vendor booths. But we have tacos. We we have a dumpling vendor now. They're pan fried on site and they're fantastic. <laughs> oh my! Uh, we have pupusas from El Salvador, uh, and we have a grilled peanut butter sandwich booth now. Uh, so it's it's a wide variety of if you don't feel like cooking on mm-hmm. Saturday morning or Saturday at lunch, you can come and get a, a quick meal uh, and have a picnic somewhere. Yeah, and as you say, you're there, there's really not a lot of good places right around there. Right. To have a picnic when you were down at the river. Oh, man. Perfect. So nice. Yeah. So, so, you know, any idea on when you might be going back to the original location? That is the plan, right? Right. Yep. Well, since construction has just started and the fire tower was just taken down, hopefully we're back on our two-year timeline. Okay. Originally, when we moved off the site, that's what we were told, that we would be able to move back in two years. So mm-hmm. now we're at the three-year point. So the total... 
temporary location might end up being closer to five. Five years. Yeah. Kind of painful. But the trees were promised to have the live oak trees remain there. So I'm I'm hopeful. Yes. Yeah, that's huge because it it makes such a difference in the in the summer heat. Um, You know, we we're talking about the pandemic and what's just as a temporary thing, what's happening, but your hours have been reduced a little bit. Is that sure? Yep. From 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Okay. And we keep those hours during summer anyway in July and August. So come September, we'll extend them back to 1 p.m. Well, it has been um, a blessing that you've been able to continue uh, to operate. And in fact, I think you tell me that um, some of the that had some of their best months early on in the the pandemic. Yeah, we saw more and more customers coming in, utilizing the market as their sole source of groceries. Uh, So we were even able to have milking dairy come out, which offered then milk and cream and different cheeses. So uh, really the breadth of, you know, not necessarily chips and uh, the extras, but you could get your lettuce and um, your eggs, your essential items that you would need for for being able to eat a healthy uh, meal at your house. Well, you know, but not everybody really can afford to buy a lot of good food. Uh, but you do um, offer for folks who are on food assistance to be able to, to buy produce and, and foodstuffs there. Yep. We have three different programs. Mm-hmm. We uh, are able to process food stamps or SNAP. Um, so people come to our welcome booth and they're able to swipe their card and then we give them wooden tokens that they can use however they want on SNAP eligible items. So anything from meat, cheeses, eggs, produce, honey, anything that is not a hot prepared food, they could purchase. But we know because food is a little bit more expensive at the farmer's market, we wanted to be able to offer an incentive program. So that incentive program is called Double Up Food Bucks, and we're able to match a customer $30 per day. So if they spend $30 of their food stamps with us, we will give them an extra 30 that is only utilized on fresh fruits and veggies around the market. So that that's a lovely program that turns your $30 into $60. That's amazing. Right. And then this time of year, from April until the end of October, we're also able to offer the WIC, the Women, Infant, and Children program, mm-hmm. uh, additional vouchers for produce as well. So each person on their shopping list, their WIC shopping list, can receive $30 to be used towards fruits and veggies. So it's another way just to expand people um, people's benefits that they're already receiving. How can we stretch that further? But also support our local economy and small businesses and growers in our community at the mm-hmm. same time. Well, and where it's located is kind of crucial because there you are in the in the heart of downtown Waco, and, and there's not a lot of supermarkets right anywhere nearby. No, everything's continued to expand out. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that live downtown now. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, can, I can imagine you do have a lot of a lot of regulars who, who come on Saturday morning and do, do a little marketing, uh, as it were. Well, you have a lot of special events, too, though, through the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your next big one isn't until September, right? Yeah, we've we've scaled back quite a bit just okay. because we don't want to encourage the, the gathering uh, at market well. any more than necessary. We will have a couple of things coming up. Um over the next few weeks, so July 25th, there's an event called Buzz Off, and that is in promotion of um, or awareness of West Nile virus in our community. Mm. So the city of Waco, Keep Waco Beautiful, um, MCC, and uh, Texas A&M all come out. There will be free 
handouts of different kinds of bug spray uh, and just kind of how to be outside safely with mosquitoes out and about. So we usually host that in the summer uh, once a year just Mm -hmm. to help create awareness. And we, we do provide spaces for different community organizations to come and set up and spread the word about what they are doing in the community um, or upcoming events that they might have. So yeah, a lot. In fact, a lot of nonprofits have taken advantage. Yep, that's been great. Of that as well. Um, but but you provide. We talk about value added things at a farmers market. You think about that's where you're going to go buy tomatoes, you know, and cucumbers. But uh, there are a lot of folks that do handcrafts and that kind of thing that can also sell there. Yep, we have to keep that to twenty percent of our vendor lineup. Mm-hmm. So we're not allowed to have any more than our Other, total. Yeah, otherwise it'd be an arts and crafts festival. Correct. So that's yeah, part that of our sense. our farmer's market permit is mm-hmm. that we remain an agricultural market. So we, we try to keep that um, at a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. We do have uh, a booth that then offers jewelry um, and a lot of handmade uh, items. So like one of our vendors is selling masks right now. Well, look at that. The accessory of the season. Certainly so, is, yeah. um, it's nice to be able to offer, you know, a way to support a small business um, at this time. Mm-hmm. That is also a mandatory requirement for everybody. So she's got really cute designs and they're, <laughs> they're linen. Um, so they're nice and breathable. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say that's nice and cool yeah. for this yeah, if it's you a, could say a face mask is cool. It's but. definitely a challenge with the heat being outside, especially for our vendors mm-hmm. um, for the whole time. So anything that you can do to have a, a cool face mask is nice. Well, and it's, it's hard to know, you know, what, what lies ahead um, the fall. I mean, things are being canceled. You know, the State Fair of Texas wow, canceled. Yeah, it's a very big wow. The Central Texas State Fair in Belton has canceled. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's a big deal. and And a lot of folks you know, use that as a, you know, place to gather, go and, right. and, and I still see uh, farmers markets, you know, sort of in a smaller way, providing that same opportunity. Yeah, for folks. we typically have provided uh, a musician music yes. every Saturday. It's festive, yeah. Yeah, and so we, we have cut that back, uh, again, under the guise of not wanting to encourage people to linger, but that also hurts That's musicians true. that we're counting on it. Yeah, that's right. Whether it's a restaurant or a a farmer's market, the Mm -hmm. gigs, that's hurt. I didn't, I didn't realize that because I have heard musicians there in the past, you know, and, um, but yeah, because you just want to have a seat there and enjoy them. Yeah. Eat eat your little, whatever you bought. And yeah, no, that's, that's a problem. So yeah, that, that has to, that has to change, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but look, looking ahead, though, for December, are you still planning some things that you had sure. already on the schedule? Uh, we always hold an anniversary market, which is the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So it's a great time because people are looking at preparing feasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will definitely happen. And we do hold handmade markets um, throughout the course of the year. So our our next one will kind of be on July 18th. A lot of our handmade people aren't interested in the heat. Yeah. So that, that cuts back on numbers. But we, we Especially will, if you specialize in, you know, maybe knitted sweaters and things like that. Exactly. People, <laughs> people aren't really interested in that in July. So, yeah, we, we will continue to have things and be monitoring what is allowed uh, and what is not. But yeah. really, we hope to be able to provide a space that 
especially small businesses, are able to keep providing food to the community, but keep their businesses afloat as well. And thankfully, we have we've been deemed essential, so we'll use that to the best of our abilities. Oh, well, you know, folks just need to take advantage of it because uh, every Saturday morning, you are there at 9 o'clock, 9 to noon, and you have a great Facebook page. Uh, where can they go to find more information? Uh, it's wacodowntownfarmersmarket.org. Okay. That's our website. Very good. And uh, maybe if there's a vendor out there, are you taking more vendors? Yep. We accept them on a rolling basis. Mm-hmm. Our preference is always for farmers. So if anybody's interested in really, you know, growing okra or sunflowers, uh, we, <laughs> we will have a bumper crop. So I might be taking a booth. Perfect. We will always <laughs> accept people who grow produce. Oh, good, good. Oh, Bethel, it's been great. I appreciate your time today. This is this has been fun. The Waco downtown Waco Farmers Market. What a great place to be. Thank you for having me. original outlaw podcast i'm autumn outlaw i grew up in a very small town outside of waco named clifton and it's weird when you're raised in a small town it's easy to forget that there's a bigger world beyond those dirt roads find more at an an originaloutlaw.com or go to facebook and look for original outlaw and find some of the different tips and tricks we talk about in the podcast thanks for listening and we'll see you next time bye We are seeing a spike in COVID cases, and the nation's also gone through racial unrest like we haven't seen in decades. And how are our kids processing all this? Good to have Dr. Jason Miller with us, owner of Syntex Rehab. And and Jason, this is this a lot of this is something people wouldn't have imagined would be happening. Of course not. I mean, who who could have who could have seen this coming? And uh, um, I mean, I, it's something that. I and my parents and, you know, a short from a world war haven't experienced this type of disruption, um, you know, in any time in my generation or um, even previous generations. It's just different. There's no there's no roadmap for it. And and for our kids, depending on their age, you know, there's some are probably more plugged into what's happening um, in right. the news and that kind of stuff than others. Huh? Exactly. Well, and that's the, the, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it really, it really matters how you communicate and what you talk to your children about. It was really based very much on their age because different kids of different ages are experiencing different things and they express things differently and they feel things differently. And it really, 
it really does come down to what period of life are they in is in terms of how you address it and how you move them through it and talk to them and comfort them and and exactly what you do with them yeah you you kind of have to wonder you know what what is the um, typical um 10 year old how in 20 years he's gonna right exactly. he's gonna view this as a as an adult exactly. you know and my kids are my kids are 10 9 and 8 mm-hmm. and so they're right in there yeah they're right in there and so it's a i i know i'm having different conversations with my kids than I would have had they been five, four, and three, or okay. 15, 14, and 12. And so. So, does it have to do with like wearing a mask or things like that that are just really kind of bizarre things so, to have to do you know, to a well, kid? And I think, I think kind of the sweet spot from, you know, in terms of communicating with children um, uh, in, in terms of ages is, is really, I'm, I'm kind of fortunate because it seems to be the 10 year old side. Um, they, uh, you know, what we communicate with them is, you know, is we want to keep them safe and they don't necessarily feel the same way about the virus as like a four or five year old. A four or five year old is going to look at that and go, there's a sickness out there that people are dying from and could kill me. And so their concern is, am I safe? And that's what we need to be watching for as parents and, and as guardians and as teachers and you know, Sunday school teachers is, you know, are these are these young kids feeling unsafe? Now, my kids are not necessarily having that that feeling of safety. In fact, there's it's a little bit on the opposite side. I'm like, you do need to wear a mask. You do need to be careful what you what you touch and where you go. And this is why, because um, because it isn't safe. And, uh, but they're more, they're not necessarily feeling like, like I could die from this. They're more mourning the loss of routine, the loss of the soccer games, the loss of the school play. My daughter was excited because she had a speaking part in the school play. Mm. Well, it's gone, you know? And so. And that whole opportunity. All right. She was, she was yeah. super excited about yes. it and it's gone. And, and as an adult, we just kind of go, ah, you're fine. You'll get over it. It was a school play, but it was super important. Big to, deal to her. Right. To a seven-year-old, it's 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 super important to him. My son, my son right now is very worried about football. He lost flag football. He's worried about, you know, the fall tackle football. And that's all, that, that's, that's his big concern. So it's not necessarily a safety a safety issue with him as more as my life and the things I enjoy are have changed. They haven't necessarily gone because we as parents can still make life happy for them and give them good things. But what they had planned on is gone. And that disruption of the plan that even kids make can affect them, can affect their mental health and, and cause them to act out in ways that, that we're not used to. What do we need to look for? Well, really what you... The, the primary thing that you want to look for is inconsistent behavior. Mm. And so and if you, most of us think of looking for behavior as being bad behavior. And so if my kid's acting bad, then. It's going to be a red flag. It, that could be a red flag. And that's, that's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tantrums and things like that. But what I look for is more inconsistent behavior. And I, you know, I've been working with kids for 20 years and I, my, my clinic is in, in Harker Heights, right outside Fort Hood. And so I've been dealing with kids who come in one day and they are just off the, off the charts, goofy, happy, silly, you know, not able to attend and, and, and things like that. And, you know, I I always end up asking mom, I'm like, so anything change at home? They're like, well, no, not really. And they're like, well, dad's coming home. He's been deployed for a year, but dad's home. So they're excited. They're excited. And it is still stress. Good stress is still stress, and that will cause a child's behavior to be 
inconsistent. And so to answer your question, what we're looking for is not necessarily bad behavior, not necessarily tantrums. Th- those are those are pretty clear, but it's inconsistent. What are what are they doing that's that's not normal from what they typically do? And so, um, I, you know, we I, I was just talking about this with somebody else. Uh, we as adults look at school being school being school's been canceled since March. And, you know, my kids were initially kind of pretty excited about that. Yeah, right. You know, no school. My son, especially, it's hard to get him to go to school. And so he was like, all right. (laughs) My dreams have come true. Exactly. Five whole months without school. Um, (laughs) But it's still a disruption. And even though it's, you know, it's it's a happy experience for him, it's still a disruption and it will still cause stress, even though it's good. Just like that dad coming home from deployment, the dynamics have changed, which will cause stress and kids will act out on that stress and they just don't have the ability to communicate like you and I would. And sometimes adults don't even communicate, you know, what they're feeling well. Well, kids have even less of an ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the older child then. Let's get, you know, high school age and if, if we're even hearing college age kids having parties in order to see how many can get the COVID. Well, and that's... I mean, it's like, really? That's... Yeah. I mean, I, as a 44 year old man, I just look at that and go, well, that's just stupid, you know, but um, it's, you know, when we're talking about the young kids and their sense of safety, um, you, the older they get, the more they, they kind of develop that sense of invincibility. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it, it just, it just kind of seems to go through the whole pendulum of emotions and, you know, that's where we have to re- remember, you know, I'm not in that phase of raising kids that are, you know, that old, um, you know, particularly with, you know, COVID parties. That's that's that just seems to kind of go back to that sense of invincibility. But, um, you know, with your teenagers and your, you know, your your 12, you know, my oldest daughter is 10 and she's she's really kind of suffering from the lack of of peer interaction. Mm-hmm. And, right. They're and, friends. Right. And teenagers and... need that, too. Mm-hmm. And that is a is a critically developmental period of time for them to learn how to interact and learn how to how other people work and how what we say to them is going to affect another person and how what they say to us affects us. And so it seems just kind of like it seems like playtime. It seems like just a waste of time to an adult because we've already been through it and we we're a little bit more grounded. But that's still a very critical time of development where kids are learning a whole lot you know they're they're learning they're learning give and take and cause and effect even even late into those teenage years let's talk a little bit about the uh the racial unrest that we're seeing uh, and of course there's nobody i would not think that thought what happened to a george floyd was a good thing it was right. not a good thing. it was right. horrible it needs to be addressed uh protests and so forth and then it morphs into something way over the top right well, H- how do kids process that and again it goes back to it goes back to an issue of the age that they're at and and how how it makes them feel um it's there is a huge spectrum of discussion that that we could have on involve involving racism and how we talk to our kids um you know i'm a white 44 year old man having to talk to my kids about racism and that's a completely different conversation than a black 44 year old man will have with his kids uh, a black man has had to have that has had to have that conversation. Um, they have to have that conversation with their kids about racism and what it is because there's a very good chance that they'll experience racism. My kids 
I don't have to have that conversation. And, and so, you know, with, with the unrest and the, the demonstrations, you know, there's, there's, there's two different dynamics that there's the actual killing itself. And then there's the demonstrations and the protests that, that followed afterwards. And both of those have to be addressed. And I think, you know, I can only speak as, as a white 44 year old man trying to communicate with his kids and work and who knows how to communicate, who knows how children typically receive information. Um, I've, I've, I, it put me in a weird spot. It, mm-hmm. it, it caused me really to really think about it because I had not had that conversation with my kids. I wanted to shelter them. I don't want them to know about racism. I thought it would be good if they, you know, you know, the colorblind. Everybody talks about being colorblind. Well, I was going to raise my children colorblind. And um, at the, the demonstrations and the, the killing threw that out the window and wasn't able to have that. And so um, I think what we, again, it goes back to the age of, of the child and a younger child needs to feel safe. And, you know, whether it's a black child or a white child, or they see demonstrations on TV and they see looting or they hear that somebody got killed by a police officer, you know, our, our job as an adult is to say, yes, bad things happen, but you are safe. And, you know, if we're talking about an older kid, it's, I think it's, it's okay to share how you feel as an adult with your child. Again, mine are 10, 10, 9, and 8. And so I, you know, it was, it forced me to kind of go, yeah, I'm upset about it. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to be upset about injustice and it's okay to, to, to express it and, and to feel bad about it, you know, and in term, and that, that's kind of what's leading to, to the protest. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to, you know, there's, there was a lot of stuff that went on with protest between protest, which is, a demonstration, which is a good thing, and then looting and burning, which mm-hmm. is a bad yeah, thing. Just destruction, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and to separate the two and kind of go, you know, there's there's good and bad all the way through. Um, but it's with me, it's it's been it's been important to identify racism to my kids and let them know that it does happen and it did happen, and you know, and it wasn't really that long ago that we had, you know, had. Blacks not allowed in restaurants and not allowed to use the same restaurants. Only, you know, uh, it, it wasn't that far back in our history that that we had slavery and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there the, the is civil rights. Right. Movement and, right. And, and that's what I was saying. It's been decades, but it was uh, in the course of history. It's still very recent. It's very recent. And so, very recent. Right. And so it's a uh, it's it's OK to communicate that. And and mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, you know, if you give the history of it and rely on history, then it can put some things more into perspective for, for certain kids. But, mm-hmm. you know, the younger they are, you want them to feel safe. The older they are, you want them to understand what exactly is happening. Mm-hmm. And, and to uh, get that dialogue open and, exactly. and be able to, to pick up on those nuances in your child's and behavior. It, and it's important to, you know, when, you know, when you're talking about race with kids, you know, particularly a white family talking about race, is you be, expect to hear insensitive things. Uh, expect kids to ask questions that are a little embarrassing and could be even racist sounding, but they're kids and they're learning right. and they're, 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 they're trying to figure out exactly what they believe. They need direction from adults. It, right. Exactly. You know, they, they probably have heard what the kids do. are saying. Other kids are exactly. saying. Exactly. And, and that's exactly right. They, they do hear stuff that other kids say and that what they hear might not be right. Mm-hmm. And so what you want to do is be able to hear what they've heard so you can combat it and, you know, set the values for your family. And, uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, 
it's not something to shy away from. And it's not something right. where kids ask it, ask that question. You don't want to shut down the question. And if they say something insensitive or ask a question that, that we as an adults would be afraid to ask or afraid to answer, don't shut down the conversation. Let the conversation happen and impart your values with that. Well, let's talk a little bit about you. Jason, what got you interested in this line of work? So my own kids, really. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's kind of funny because I started off, uh, I've been doing this 20 years, and I started off as a part-time therapist at uh, Metroplex Hospital in Colleen. And I wanted to be an adult therapist. I wanted to work inpatient. I wanted to be a swallowing therapist. That was hmm. kind of my my dream. And they said, yeah, we'll let you do that, but you're going to have to work with kids as well. And uh, I said, okay. And uh, so I, you know, I did it. I worked with kids and I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I did. And I've always been kind of a, a, a program developer type stuff. I like to start things and watch them go and, and mm -hmm. do that. So I kind of moved my way out of treatment at that hospital. And I was a director there for a few years before I went and opened up my own clinic. And so I have a couple of clinics in uh, Harker Heights and in Belton. And um, you do a lot of speech therapy. I do. Yes. I, and mm -hmm. the, when I opened that, I was not going to treat because I hadn't treated. I had not seen kids in, in years. And so I was not going to do that. I was just going to run the business. And I didn't have an interest in doing that. And in that, during that time of frame, we had three kids right in a row. Uh, <laughs> I know, you said the ages. Yeah, the ages, <laughs> if you're kind of looking at it going, oh, yeah, that was really fast. And <laughs> Ping, so, pal, wham, as right. they Right, <laughs> and so um, anybody who started a business know how tight money is, and yeah. so I had started a business, and I was like, maybe I should treat, maybe I should see some patients to get some more money in there, so I started seeing a couple of kids, and it was a different career for me. Having my mm -hmm. own children and then working with somebody else's kids really changed the way I did it. And I found a, a new love. And I've always told people that I feel like I've had two careers, one pre-children and one post-children. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, you know, not that, not that I didn't care before, but really I, I try to treat the kids that I work with as how I would want somebody working with my kids. Yes. And, um, uh, it's, it's that important to me. And, uh, um, I've just, I love kids. I, I don't know how else to explain it, except it's just been, uh, well, it's gotta be rewarding when you is. see improvements, when you see, you know, issues that walk in the door and exactly. And you know, my, my favorite, it, it, being in my own clinic has made it to where I can I can do the treatment exactly how I want, mm -hmm. and um, I can go as long as I want. And um, I, there's you know I have one little girl. Her name is Wednesday. I hope her mom listens to this. Um, but this little girl fought me for a year. You know she didn't <laughs> like me. She was nonverbal. She didn't. She <laughs> don't we, take me that man that, again. <laughs> that's right. She was like I'm not gonna talk, and you're not gonna make me, and you're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna get along. Yeah. And uh, she's talking now. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I wasn't responsible for it, but I was a part of it. And, mm. and so it's a, um, it's a, it's a great feeling to, to see, to see somebody just go and take off and, and know you had a little piece of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some breakthrough there. Well, I like to uh, end these visits with a similar questionnaire to the one that the late great James Lipton would use on his TV show inside the actor's studio. Oh, yes. Does that yeah. ring a bell? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. As a psychology, you, I'm sure you've heard of these before. So what's your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word. Goodness. Simply. 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 Yeah. I like things to be, uh, you know, simple. I, I used to go to a church here in Waco and uh, um, their little their little motto was uh, 
sacred or sacred and simple, simple and sacred, or some some variation of that. It's Day Spring Baptist Church, and uh, that always kind of um, resonated with me. You know, just keep it keep it simple, and um, you know that's the approach I take with with the kids I work with, and you know all the work I do. It's simple. What's your least favorite word? No. <laughs> yeah, that's like from that little girl Wednesday. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Working with kids, you hear no a lot, and uh, I'm sure you hear that as an answer a lot. But mine, um, mine is it's it's no from a kid, whether it be from my own children, which I hear a lot. <laughs> I I've always said that you know we I tell parents whenever we get them we get a child to start talking, I'm like the sooner they talk, the sooner they talk back, and uh, you're gonna hear that word no. That's true. Oh yeah, you work on say dad, yeah, say right. mama, yeah. and then the next thing you hear is no. <laughs> What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh goodness, um, I you know I take I, I'm a spiritual person, and uh, my my spiritual life is in no way perfect, but so much of what what I do and how I move through life and through every day has to do with a a very erratic relationship with God. And, uh, you know, I saw, I heard somebody said, uh, you know, we have complex problems and we have a complex God. And so that, you know, it's, it's been, it's been that, you know, it's been, I think every, anybody who has a spiritual life has, will say it's been up and down, but you know, it's, that's where I think the up and downs have made it closer. And so that's what moves me through. Yeah. None of it surprises him though. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What turns you off? Negativity. I'm, I'm not a big, I, I, I don't, I'm not a big negativity person. I don't watch the news. I don't, I don't read, read the newspaper. I, I focus on what's, what's good and what, what makes life good. And there are a lot of things that make life good. And there's some things that I think, I think there's more that makes life good than that makes it life bad. And I, I feel like we, I feel like there's too much of a focus on the negative. What sound do you love the most? Oh, birds. Oh, birds birds and kids laughing. You didn't hesitate at all. You no, know, I love, I, my kids got me a hammock for Father's Day and I have 30 minutes that I lay in my hammock and listen, listen to the many birds that my wife feeds. Yeah, <laughs> Just got a million bird feeders yeah, out. That's right. Glad to have <laughs> yeah. that, have those bird feeders nearby. What sound do you hate? I, I, I can't handle a kid crying. I, I can't handle that. That's uh, and especially one of my own kids. <laughs> That's what mothers. <laughs> one are of my for. daughters. It's a uh, you know. It's, oh, it's piercing. Uh, oh, it is. It's girl, a, little girl voices yeah. are yeah. It's different. I mean, it just and it's always kind of funny because I've got a few moms that um that know that whenever they're that the the kid starts crying that they're just manipulating me and it and it works. It works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what other profession would you like to try? Oh goodness! You know, when I was a kid, I, I desperately wanted to be an actor, and so I just wanted to be an actor or a performer. And uh, so, you know, I, there's as I get older and you know have less worries about what people think of me, that might be one that I had at least give a shot. You know, try and see what. Well, there's lots happen. of community yeah. theater. Yeah, I'd say, I know, yeah, I know, absolutely. Was, yeah, there's time for it now. No, right, right. <laughs> But yeah, no, that I would definitely <laughs> recommend that. Uh, what job do you know you would not like at all? Mm. I don't know. Like I said, I, it, it's kind of funny. I, I don't like, I don't like day to day management, and so like I, I've, I'm the CEO of my company, but I could not be the COO. I could not handle operations. That's uh, 
the the nitty gritty and nuts and bolts of everything is is a little bit much for me. Mm-hmm. I like I said earlier, I like to have an idea and get it going and 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 have somebody else tell me exactly how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let them take care of the details. Yeah. Okay, finally, what do you want to hear God say to you as you arrive at the pearly oh, gates? It's so it's so typical, but uh, well done, good and faithful servant. I know that's always been one of my favorite. It's been quoted in so many books and, um, you know, we, I think we all try to be good people. And so, and and we fail so miserably, you know, we're just, as people, we're just screwed up and we make a lot of mistakes. And so just to hear God say, you got it. It was, it was okay. It was good. Would be, (laughs) would be a good thing to hear. Well, you help a lot of people, Jason, and I appreciate your time today. How can folks get in touch with you? Uh, Go on to our website at syntexrehab.com. I said you can call That's the best way. There is a chat feature right there on the corner that will ask a question. Yeah. Ask a question. And like I said, it's often me answering it. So Mm -hmm. um, like I said, it goes straight to straight to somebody's monitoring it all the time. And, uh, but syntexrehab.com with a, for your, for children issues or even adults, we have two adult facilities for physical occupational and speech therapy as well. So if you got back pain, neck pain, or your kids not where you want them to be, let us know. Wow. All right. You've been a great help, and it's wonderful to talk to you Thank always. You. Thanks, Jason. Thank you so much. Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. This has been a Rogue Media Network podcast.